We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Been a little minute since my last episode, but uh, wanted to come back and make a return to the podcasting scene post-vacation, and I got a big guest on the show today. Joining me is former Duck and current Defensive tackle for the Philadelphia Stars, Jordan Scott. Jordan, how we doing, man? Thanks for being here. What's up, Max? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Stoked to uh to have you on today's show and and you know get to you know share a little bit of your story during your time in Oregon and kind of get some of your thoughts on what's going on in, in today's college football and um yeah just kind of talk some ball with you, man. Um really appreciate like I said you coming on the show and and getting to uh pick your brain um so yeah we're just gonna hop right into it i got some some topics here uh that we were gonna get into um let's kind of just start with uh what you're up to these days i know that you're uh you're you're still doing your thing in the usfl playing for the philadelphia stars just kind of wanted to open things up there kind of what are you up to these days how's life well our season just ended uh just about a month ago so i've been back from michigan for about Three weeks now. I'm at home, St. Pete, Florida. I've just been taking care of my kids, man. I had twins. So I've just been working out, uh, taking care of my kids. And then I told you I had just passed my uh, Florida life insurance agent test. So I've been studying for that. And today I passed. So that's what I'm up to, man. Right on. Well, yeah, c- congratulations on, on passing that, you know, going to, to pursue that avenue a little bit. Um, what what, what was it, it. kind of? What was it kind of like, um, you know, kind of getting into that field, you know, studying while having a football career? And then we'll obviously get to your family a little bit more later, but <laughs> that, that's a lot to juggle for anybody. Uh, yeah, I have a good support system, man. And, uh, you know, I try to, like, study when I'm not with them. So, like, when I'm around them, I can be focused on them. Or if I'm studying and I just finish working out and they home, I'll, I'll, like, read my notes to them. But like, it's I have a good support system and a pretty good balance of how to balance and juggle everything. Like college really helped me with that. So, yeah, well, we'll definitely get into to some of your time at Oregon. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit more about football before we talk about your family. Um, what what's yeah. the uh, what's the USFL kind of like? I mean, I know everybody's goal is to get to the NFL. You know, get to the league. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely just 
happy that you're keeping it going with with uh, with the USFL. I know that's kind of something they're trying to to boost up a little bit and get it going some more. But what's your experience been like there? It's been good, man. You know, it's football. Guys get an opportunity. If you didn't get a call for camp, or probably was on the roster, and you just I man out, get a chance to go get some film and maybe get signed for a camp or uh, camp opportunity. So I enjoyed it. I'm just I'm just in waiting game right now for me because just like I said, you you play that season, you get the film, and hope that you get a chance. So if not, I'll be back for, for another season next year. So it, it seems like from what you're saying, Jordan, it's kind of like, um, you know, maybe your view in the USFL is kind of like an audition tape type of a deal, you know, putting your work there and then maybe hope it leads to another opportunity. Yeah. And then and the coaches and I think the league in general, they promote that environment of where, you know, this is a, the end goal. Like we want you to play well here, but we're not going to tell you at the end of the season, not go to the NFL if you get an opportunity. Like they want that. So. I think that was good that our coaches like kind of reiterated that halfway through the season. Like, you know, this is a tape for the league, not for us. I mean, we want you to play well so we can get our names boosted too. But at the end of the day, you came here to play well and get another chance to go back to the NFL. Yeah, so I think one of the interesting things that, that I wanted to ask you, Jordan, you know, I, not to we, – we don't need to sugarcoat it, right? You know, you, you want to be in the NFL. That That's everybody's goal. So what what was it like when when you know your journey didn't take you that way? You know, how did you kind of resonate with that and, and you know work through it to to keep the dream going? Uh, you know, it kind of has started with my injury. Like that was the first time in my career I've been injured ever, and it was kind of the worst time as well because I just got to the NFL, was playing well, automated all, all the way to the third preseason game, and uh, I just couldn't really walk no more on my knee like I was it was getting too bad and I was trying to suck it out so you know I'm playing in the NFL like it's whatever it's my dream I'll deal with the injury at the end of the season if I could make it but I couldn't make it out of the preseason man got hurt got put on IR and then just so happened that that same year the coaches who brought me in got fired and everybody got fired so new staff new GM and they cut me so it's like real life man you just got to you know, I was depressed for a little bit, but you bounce back and you uh, go into the lab and work harder, use it as motivation. And like I just said about the insurance, man, I know that football is going to, I hoped that that was going to fund my life, but you know, things change. So you got to pivot. Yeah. And, and, and you had mentioned that um, you know, just before we hit record here that, uh, you know, your time at Oregon kind of prepared you for the, the, path that your life has taken now um so oh, i'm trying to think sorry i'm not really organizing this that well because i wanted to ask about oregon but i also wanted to to ask about um you know just more of your life right now um so to make sure i don't forget about it i, I would love to get your perspective on on fatherhood you have you have two boys uh you know that that you that you're you know fathering now uh that's a big part of your life what, what's that been like for you uh you know, just being a father. It's been cool, man. I think uh, it's going to be even better when they can, like, talk and walk around. Like, now they just cry. But I – like, the, the middle of the night stage for me is the worst. Like, like if we – if I'm already up, it's cool because, you know, but I'm, sleep is tough for me to get up out of my sleep. So 
that was kind of the hardest part. I like when I first when they first came home, but I just enjoyed being around them, man. You know, it's like I look at them and I think about like all the things I could teach them that I went through, so they can avoid those things. And I mean, I'm I'm sure, and like everything I did for myself was to make my family proud, and they were my kids. So I hope that I made them proud when they figure out who I really am. So I kind of feel like I did. I'm not saying I'm the perfect, but I feel like I set a, a good example for my kids and my family, like of what you could be, no matter where you came from. Yeah, for sure. It's it's nice to to have that opportunity to you know kind of mold them the the way that you want to and and instill some of those lessons um do you have like a like a favorite thing to do with them just to kind of i mean i know they can't do a whole lot right now because they're really little (laughs) but but when they're when you're not you know getting woken up in the middle of the night and you know kind of just want to hang out you know what 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 do you like to do with them you know what makes you happier on them uh this morning was the first time like i watched football with them i was watching the oregon ohio state championship game and, like, that was cool because they actually watched it. Like, my girl told me that when I was in the uh, USFL, like, they would actually sit and watch the games because they watch, they'll watch TV. But, like, to see them watching the games, I was like, man, I got to find some film with me for the mornings. Like, the morning routine. I'm like, this is, like, it was cool. And I'm not going to force football on them, but I, I hope that they want to play. And it was just, you know, I'll be that dad. The bad, the dad yelling and screaming because I'm excited about my son making the play. But that's that was cool. I also like I like enjoy watching Miss Rachel with them. They they actually know what she's saying sometimes. Like sometimes they'll repeat stuff she says, and I'll be like, man, all you gotta do is like really be around them and, and teach them something, and they'll pick up on it quickly. That's cool. Yeah, when you kind of see that that light come on a little bit, I mean, maybe it's not that drastic, but when you're kind of able to see them picking things up, you know, even at such a young age, how old are they? Oh, uh, six months. Wow, fresh six months too. Okay, yeah. So they're you know obviously still in uh, in that early stage, but you're getting to to watch some TV with them. I always thought that was an interesting thing that I've thought about is you know managing screen time because it's a lot different than. Uh, you know, when, when you and I were, were growing up, um, just with all the technology, you know, that's at our fingertips these days. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't want them to have tablets. I'm not going to be able to stop my parents and my my girl from getting them a tablet, but I don't want them to have a tablet. So it's, it's like if I'm around them, I won't let them be on the tablet. Like I want I want them to be like outside kids like I was. Obviously, it's going to be hard because nowadays kids don't even go outside and play no more. But the good thing is I'm hoping I can stay in shape good enough to play with them. So I don't want them to be in the house. Like who wants – I don't want my kid first experience, especially that I have twins. Now I can like make make them rough each other up. (laughs) I don't want my kid first experience getting roughed up at Little League practice when it's like it's not a – it's a – it's not a controlled environment. Like, so those are things I think about. Like you write about screen time, but I'm watching, like, I don't even let them watch Coco Melon or none of that. We always watch Miss Rachel or like Gracie corner or some, some, uh, information. Cool. Well, it's, it's nice to get some of your perspective there on, uh, on parenting. Um, you know, we could probably do a whole podcast about that, but we can, 
we can get into a little bit of uh, a little bit of a little bit of ball talk since you mentioned you were watching the Oregon Ohio State game. Maybe not the one that uh, Oregon fans are are in a, a hurry to uh, rewatch. If you said it was the championship game, um, but uh, but yeah, man, let's just kind of open that door a little bit. You know, let's get into uh, your time at Oregon a little bit. You know, I remember I remember pretty vividly. You know, you committed on Christmas Day. Um, I was like, who's this guy out of Florida? I've never heard of him. Um, but obviously you, you made a name for, and I say that, you know, I don't say that with any disrespect. At no, all. I know, but um, it's just funny, but, but yeah, you, you went out to, you went on to make a name for yourself at Oregon as, you know, one of the better interior defensive linemen that, that they've seen in recent years. So I'd love to just kind of open that up a little bit, just talking about, uh, maybe some lessons learned from your time at Oregon or, you know, anything that comes to mind for you there. Uh, like football wise, I think just being ready. Like I came in, like you said, committed on Christmas. I came into camp. Well, I came into the team January 9th and then spring was the following couple months. So I'm like, I was, I was happy that I stayed prepared the whole time because in my recruitment, I had Florida was, I was committed to him for three years and then they told me I couldn't come. Some five star committed and they didn't have a spot for me. So I'm like I'm an early grad, and it's already December when they told me this. So I had to find a school quickly. But luckily, Coach Taggart and Coach Levitt got got there together, and I had a good relationship with both of them. So I ended up at Oregon. And in that whole little time between the Florida thing and getting there, I was working out so hard. Like that was my motivation. Like I want to get there and play. Like I want to show not even Florida, but just my mom and, and my family, like I'm good at football just because they told me I can't come here. It don't mean I'm not going to be good wherever I go. So I just really worked hard for that. And the rest is how it went. Yeah. So stay, staying ready. That's definitely, I mean, that's, that's something that you're seeing pay off even, even now, or, you know, it's coming into your life now with, with this USFL journey, just always staying ready. Um, and yeah, cu- making your decision and then moving across the country, you know, with all within the span of a couple weeks, it sounded like. I mean, that's that's not exactly. Yeah, my mom uh, hated it. My mom hated it. Like to this day, she still be talking about it, and I just be like, I'm surprised that you still talk about. It. Like you still care that that happened. Like the outcome was so great, but you still think about that I went all the way across the country. Yeah, well, I mean, do you, do you even think about that nowadays? Like, you know, that you like, do you ever take the time and just kind of sit back and be like, dang, like I really did that, man. Like, I I moved across the country to a totally new place, and just you know did my thing, and you know had a, a good career at Oregon. Yeah, I do, man. The thing is, I just always think like I I have some like not regrets about it, but just like I'm I'm proud of what I did there, especially off the football field. Like that was probably stuff that I would have never did if I went somewhere else, like going to France and going to Cali. Like if I went to Florida, it would have never been no games in Cali. So not like I was out there hanging out, but we've been there multiple times for big games. So it was just like those things that I did at Oregon is even bigger than my career. But football wise, man, I, I was like, I enjoyed it, man. Coach Joe was like, a big like a big uncle so it was always a family atmosphere and i had fun you, you mentioned jordan how um you know some of the stuff he did off the field 
you know, made, made a big impact on your life and, you know, kind of shaped your time there. Um, let, let's stay there for a second. You know, let's, let's talk about going out to France and, you know, having some of those experiences off the field that uh, maybe don't get enough attention. You know, people are always focused on what you're doing on the field, but um, you know, that off the field life, you know, the friendships, the relationships you make, the giving back to the community, that's, that's all part of it. Yeah. So, I was just about to say, like, I met some people out there that I still t- I will talk to for the rest of my life, like uh, DeVell, just to name a few, not I'm, like, leaving people out, but DeVell just recently helped me, like, my Instagram and my Facebook got hacked, and uh, I hit DeVell up and he helped me out. He used to be at work, and he's not there no more, but, like, DeVell, then players like Matrell, like, it's cool to see guys who was older than me, and then, like, their career didn't work in football, but they bounced back in something else, and it was in... in really exceeded levels that I would, you know, you go into it with expectations, but then they break all the barriers that they, they plan for. And I'm just happy for Montreal and guys like that, who, you know, football not going to work for everybody. Sad to say, especially for me, because I'm still in it, but, you know, it's just the, the sad reality of it. So it's good to see guys who succeed on the field. And then, you know, you have friends who did well off the field. Yeah. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, football is a, uh a brotherhood, you know, you're going to have those guys in your corner, um, you know, as long as you're, as long as you're on this planet. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you're still leaning on those guys and it sounds like those bonds have uh, remained strong even to this day. Yes, for sure. Okay. So we, we talked a little bit about your, your time at Oregon and, and some of the lessons that you learned, you know, um, for people who don't know, you know, you, you saw the field pretty early um, during your time at Oregon Um and uh, I'm just curious now to kind of venture down this road of uh, examining some of the differences between Oregon when you were there and uh, Oregon now under Dan Lanning, because I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you've been able to go back, um, you know, since Lanning was hired um, and kind of get, get a little bit of a feel for, for the program. So that's kind of what I wanted to ask you is just, you know, what, what do you think about where the program is at now versus uh, when you were there? Um, I'm actually like happy about where it's at just because like when Cristobal left and the note he left on, like he did a good job when he with the players he left and how how we played when he was there. But I'm saying like when he left, I was worried about it because I'm like, man, this is my school. And at the time I'm in the NFL and these people like the players take that serious, like your alma mater, they take it serious in the in the locker room. So it's kind of funny because I I always thought they did, but it was cool to see that players actually be on each other about the school they went to so all right we had a, a little technical difficulties but we're, we're back now we got jordan um so just to pick back up where we were at uh just was asking you about what you think about the direction of uh oregon football and where the program's at now i think it's heading in a great direction man I, I was worried about the way it was going to be after Cristobal left because you know he left abruptly and the note we left we lost to the same team like three times so I was worried, but you know, Coach Dan Landon came in, and I was on the, I was on the uh, Twitter when the spaces first came out. I was listening to all the spaces, like all the rumors about Landon. I'm like, I'm on for it. I like defensive coaches. At least you know what you're gonna get. So uh, since then, man, recruiting's been going crazy. You know, I just, I I've been there, but I haven't got to talk to him yet because I don't want to just run up on him. Like every time I've seen him so far, he's been talking to the to the uh, players. So I don't want to run up on him while he's giving this his his players uh, speech or nothing but once i get to talk to him I'm, I'm excited to meet him but 
I'm, I think it's going in a great direction. This season going to tell us a lot about where we're going to be in the future. I believe in Bo Nix and, and the gang, so we're going to find out. Yeah, so they so Dan Lanning comes in. You, know, you talked about how you, you kind of like having a defensive head coach. You know, a little biased, right, being the defensive player. Um, yeah. But why, why do you think that that is a, you know, a good thing? Because it's not something that Oregon's had uh, in, in quite a while, but 10-win season to start things off is a pretty strong, uh, you know, pitch. I'll, I'll just say this about coaching, like not to say anything about my past coaches, but in general, when you take your hands off the wheel, like you delegate stuff to people so they can do it. So if you take your hands completely off the wheel to offense, then the offensive coordinator gets to do whatever they want. Like whatever their scheme is, that'll be what they're doing. So I think with the defensive coordinator, like obviously offense scores the point. So if you get a, a defensive coach, you should your defense should be good because he's a defensive head coach. But your offense is going to be all on the offensive coordinator and the offensive analyst and all those guys. They won't, not to say that you blame deflecting, but it's just it's simpler. When you have a coach that might be a running back coach, he's going to want to be more involved in the game plan on offense. So I think defensively, you have a defensive head coach, especially playing against other teams. He might be able to tell you, like, hey, he get in, when they do this, it'll probably be this coverage more likely than not. I'm sure the offensive uh, analysts and stuff do know that too, but it's just little stuff like that. So I think the delegation of power is a little bit more balanced when you have a defensive head coach because at least you know the offense will be ran by the offensive coaches. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense, and I think that that's uh you know that's been the result that we've seen so far. Uh, couldn't really ask for a better year from Kenny Dillingham. He's in Tempe now. Um, exactly. And uh, and um. You know, now we'll see what Will Stein can do with uh, with a pretty loaded uh, offensive, uh, you know, offense overall. You know, you got a lot yeah, of really everybody good. good. Everybody good. There, there is one group in particular that I wanted to ask you about since we're kind of comparing and contrasting a little bit. You know, your time at Oregon and then where Oregon's at now. We got to talk about the defensive line because my my thoughts on Oregon's defensive line is that it's been good, not great certainly not at the level that it needs to be at if you want to get back to the playoff, if you want to win a national championship. But you've got some Florida guys in there, like, you know, Brandon Dorless. He's really the face of the D-line now. Um, you got Jordan Birch coming in. You got Popo, who's still doing his thing. You, know, you got to play with him, I want to say. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the defensive line right now and, and kind of the, the, the jump that Oregon's trying to make? I mean – I'll say this defensive line is the the first line of defense. I mean, that's just as simple as it gets. So I think those guys will be able to uh, affect games very, 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 uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Early and often in every game, because I think the scheme will be a little bit different this season too. Not that I know any inside information, but I think the, the body types they're getting is different than the body types they had last season. So I'm expecting more tackles for loss, sacks, big plays. More than like when I was there, we played more keep them at the line of scrimmage play. Yeah, and and you you were uh you know you were at Oregon during one of the best defenses that you know the best defense that they've had in in recent years. Um, so it's interesting to see kind of at once this season you know gets here, what are some of those similarities that we're seeing? You know, with with you know guys like yourself and and, you know, 
Dorlis that I mentioned, or you know Casey Rogers, whoever it is, and then you know you have Troy Dye, who is you know the the standard for linebacker during his time there, and uh, some new guys coming in. So I think they'll have a really good year along the D line. Um, got a couple more questions to ask you, Jordan, and uh, don't want to take too much of your time, but um, you know we I gotta talked get my, a little. I got to uh, my bad to cut you off, bro. No, you're good. You. Can- uh, I gotta get my kids at four uh four thirty, so I gotta leave my house at four. So we got like eight minutes. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, thanks for letting me know. Um, so yeah, we talked a little bit about the recruiting process uh for you, but man, it has changed like feels like night and day just since you were in college. Um, you know, for it's sure. it's very complicated. There's a, a lot of factors at play nowadays, but. What, what do you think about just where recruiting's at right now with, with, you know, NIL and, and the portal and coaches moving. I mean, there's so much going on. Um, definitely a loaded question, but I think that'd be a fun, fun area to kind of wind down here. Uh, I think, like you said, man, you said coaches moving and that's what it's always been. The coaches had maneuverability and the, the players were stuck or had to wait a year or, it was kind of frowned upon before the portal actually opened up. So it's kind of like now it's everybody got free movement. And I think NIO is, is good. I mean, you're making money for the university. Now, I'm not going to say that it's good for every team in every aspect because some teams probably got players who are not as good as the, the players getting the, uh, the most money. So you can mean some players are getting a lot of money but ain't producing or probably don't even play because that's, that's like the thing of the NIO, people getting money without playing based off expectations. So, but I mean, in terms of me being a player, I think it's great. Like, I would have loved to get some of that money while I was there. I feel like I put my body on the line, so we should get the money. I mean, the coach is getting paid, and they can leave after a year. They can leave in the middle of the season. So, that's how I feel about that. Yeah, and and, and I I definitely see where you're coming from with with the NIL. I mean, it it seems – like it only makes sense that it's, you know, part of the game now, especially because, you know, stuff was going on under the table at, you know. I was about to say, Max, <laughs> Max, Max, be honest with yourself. People been getting paid. Now that it's everybody getting paid, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But that that's just how it's, that's how it goes. But that's why I don't think it's that big of a deal. People been getting paid. Allegedly or not, they've been getting paid. So it, does it really matter? Yeah. No, I mean that's that's exactly what we're talking about here. And then with uh, with the coaches moving now, it just feels like the transfer portal is kind of trying to even that even that playing field a little bit, right? You know, if coaches can go, then so can players. Um, but it is wild to see just how much movement we have. And now you're seeing guys hit the portal, and then sometimes they can't find a home again. And it's uh, yeah. it's kind of tough to see the game take that turn. You know, the thing about the portal and our I, I even had some friends who were in a situation where it was either portal or stay at the school they were at. And and that was one of the main things that we talked about was like, it's no guarantee that you're going to get a chance somewhere else. At least where you at, you know, you got a guaranteed scholarship. You're going to get your stipend, everything good. Now you get in the portal, you don't get nothing. You can't go back to the school. They probably don't want you back now. So it's just like, you know, I think the portal is good though. Cause if you think you're that valuable, then you, you're going to see what the real world thinks of you. Because outside of college, bro, there's nowhere else where, we, you know, like we kind of get that. That's the last barrier before adulthood. So it kind of makes it like real life, especially in terms of football. 
if you become a free agent and nobody picks you up, then that lets you know your value. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough uh, and that in that regard, it's a tough you know way to learn that lesson. But it is exactly you know, if you if you think you're that valuable, like you're saying, then you know go bet on yourself. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy time in in uh, college football now. Um, why well, I, I don't want to rush you out of here, Jordan, but I know you got uh you got things to do. Um, just any any last remarks that uh you had, whether it be Oregon football football overall or anything you just wanted to share about what you got going on? Uh, no, nah, man, the biggest thing I'll say is, uh, like, you know, I'm not even going to talk about anything special, but the guys on the team who don't make the big plays but play and they're out there for a reason. So, because I was one of those guys. I never – I'm not, I'm not going to say that I was the best player because I don't have the stats to back it up, but – if you play with me or you play with a guy like me, you know those guys. You need to – like, on a team, you need guys like that. So those guys matter, man, even though they ain't making a bunch of plays. But when they do, you see the whole team celebrate because they know this guy is the reason for the defense working or this play – a linebacker made a play is because nose guard was taking on double team. All that stuff matters. It's not flashy, not exciting, but it matters. Yeah, gotta gotta give praise to the guys who do the dirty work and and don't always get the shine. And defensive line is definitely one of those positions playing in the uh, offensive in the line too. Even though I hate yes. them, <laughs> even though I hate them, offensive line deserves some a shout out too because at the same time, well, at least we get to rotate. They play the whole game. That's a good way to look at it for sure. Well, yeah. um, well, yeah, Jordan, that's all I had for you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you guys want to follow Jordan on uh, Twitter, he's at fat underscore Mac 34, uh, former duck. Uh, really, really want to say thanks for coming on today, Jordan. If, if you guys want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter at mTaurus Sports and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus. But that's all we got for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.